Hi, 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 and hey, hey, and welcome to another broadcast of Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast. I'm Ken Michaels. I'm one of the regular co-hosts of the show, a bi-weekly show in which we celebrate the most successful solo careers of all time, that being from the four Beatles. And hopefully you might know me for a few of my other Beatles programs, a syndicated radio show called Every Little Thing, also a Beatles podcast show called Things We Said Today. And I'm being joined right now with uh, two of my regular co-hosts and a special guest. First of all, we'll introduce one of the co-hosts of the Paul McCartney solo, solo Paul McCartney podcast, Two Legs, along with David Gargolino, and that is Tom Hunyadi. Hi, Tom. Hello, everybody. Ken, Kit, mystery guests, uh, whoever you are, uh, hello, and uh, can't wait to get this show started. Okay, also we have with us the queen of Beatles media, and she has earned that title. You know why? By, by watching this show every single week or every, every couple of weeks. And um, she is the author of some fine books like Songs Who We Were Singing, Guided Tours to the Beatles' Lesser Works, Michael Jackson FAQ. She also co-hosts a soul segment called Bottomless Soul on the radio, which will air tonight, by the way. And a lot of uh, articles she's written called Deep Tracks on the Beatles. And that is our own Kit O'Toole. Hi, Kit. Hey, Ken. Hi, Tom. Hi, mystery guest. Good to see you all. So now everybody's wondering who this mystery guest is. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've all heard the Beatles song, Mean Mr. Mustard. But unbeknownst to most Beatles fans, Mean Mr. Mustard has a kid brother that no one has known about until now. He's much nicer than Mustard. <laughs> and he goes by the name of Mean Mr. Mayo. And he has his own uh, YouTube channel where he talks a lot about the Beatles, the solo Beatles. He listens to our show, loves our show, sure which is uh, one of the reasons why he's with us. And Ken Womack, <laughs> yep. Ken Womack couldn't be here with us tonight, so we thought we'd bring him on. Welcome, Mean Mr. Mayo. Well, I thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. As you said, I love the show. And I want to thank all of you for giving me the opportunity. So I'm going to say hello to the Sun Queen, Kit, <laughs> and <laughs> hello, Ken. And uh, I can see you and say hello to you now, actually, Tom, because hey. all the images are good. <laughs> so that's good. And it's just, it just really a thrill for me to be here. And I don't say that. It just popped in my head. It sounds like a song we know, but that's not why I said it. It's not because of Sergeant Pepper. So, Well, uh, we're going to call you Joe, which is your real name. Yes. It'd oh, yes. be silly to keep calling you Mayo throughout the night. <laughs> exactly. And, you so, know, I was uh, thinking it's kind of appropriate in a way because 
I mean, if you think about Ken Womack maybe as Johnny Carson, then I'm like Joe Garagiola when, you know, <laughs> John and Paul in 68 didn't get to meet Johnny Carson. Joe Garagiola wound up being the host, co-host. So there you go. Special of all host. people, that was one of the worst moments ever in Beatle history. John and Paul <laughs> yeah. being interviewed by Joe Garagiola. Very awkward night that was for yes. everybody involved. Anyway, before yes. we start, why don't you just tell the folks about your YouTube channel and what it's all about? Yes, okay. Well, briefly, uh, I have a YouTube channel, as you said, Mean Mr. Mayo. I don't know. I guess Father McKenzie was being used up. Maybe Uncle Albert was already I, I don't know who was used. And I've been <laughs> seven years doing this. Next month will be seven years. And uh, actually, it's, it's so successful. More than I thought it would be. You know, I didn't think I would be doing as well as I am. And I, I love to meet people who watch the show. Uh, you know, I get to meet them at the Beatles Fest a lot. Fest for Beatles fans, mm -hmm. excuse me. And basically, I do a lot of Beatles videos. It's primarily a Beatles channel where I do reviews and discussions on Beatles. But I also do a little uh, offbeat stuff, too, like rant videos about things, you know, like... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, let's say like those commercials we see that uh, <laughs> from drug companies always telling you the side effects and how annoying that is to watch during TV. <laughs> but mo <laughs> it's mostly a music channel, though, and, you know, I'm just happy to be here. It's what I do, so I have fun doing it. Okay, and it's got to be a great feeling to, to watch your audience grow through all these years. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's almost, with our shows. It's almost 8,000 subs. I'm, I can't believe it. You know, I never, I never thought that people would like it so much, but here we are. All right. Good for you. All right. Our show tonight, our main topic is going to be discussing the humorous side of George Harrison throughout his career. Before we do that, as we always do, we'd like to bring you some Beatle news. As this is our first show in only one week, there's less news than you would normally hear. It's a little thinner than it would be uh, on most cases. So I'm just going to run down a few things. Uh, Ringo Starr's albums, Ringo's Rotogavure and Ringo the Fourth are being remastered for vinyl release from the label known as Good Friday. Uh, no release date is being given yet, but it's coming soon. This is the same label that put out the Bad Boy releases. And to, uh, as long as Tom is here, and I know yeah. Tom got the Bad Boy release, yeah. have you listened to the album? And, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 it's not bad at all. And they also did Time Takes Time as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so both of them were, I've got, they're both color vinyl. They're, they're nice and uh, they, they, they sound great. So, and there was no word whether this was going to be colored vinyl or not, though, right? We didn't no, hear no, anything I, about I, that. all we know is that it's just coming soon. So, hmm. yeah. Did you notice a difference in the sound quality since it's remastered? For... Uh, not from the original vinyl release because I never had the original vinyl, but I do okay. have the, the CDs from from the '90s, and they just sound a little more fuller, like you would with 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 vinyl over over CD, in my opinion. So, hmm. um, you know, I would love to maybe one day compare. You know, compare them to the to the original uh, releases, but uh, for now, I'm I'm happy with 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 the quality. Okay, you know, I'm very happy that these are coming out on vinyl. But being a CD guy, mm -hmm. I wish that uh, the remasters would come out of Ringo's albums on CD. Let's yeah, hope for that to, in the future. Yeah, I've been meaning to reach out to Friday Music to see if it's just vinyl and if if they're going to do a CD release as well. So, but I think Friday Music is is basically. Um, vinyl only, so hmm. find out. All right. Now, uh, we discussed this on last week's show. Uh, we all know that the Beatles recording of Help is now being used in a Google commercial on television. I'm hearing it all day long now. But uh, also, uh, Here Comes the Sun 
is being used in a commercial for Xfinity, but it's not the Beatles recording, it's a cover version of it. So as we discussed last week, Beatles songs being used in TV commercials, as long as you're here, Joe, what's your take on that? Yeah. Some people are disturbed by it. Mm. Well, I'm one of the people, I have mixed feelings on it. My first reaction is to be disturbed by it only because, you know, uh, the Beatles always said, you know, we had a lot of offers back in the day, you can imagine, for like the soft drinks commercials and things like that. And we thought that would somehow cheapen what we do. Um, I, I think what goes through my mind, I keep saying, is the 1970s, uh, I remember the Good Vibrations commercial with Sunkissed. Right. And to this day, I still think of oranges <laughs> when I hear the Good Vibrations, you know. And I think it depends how much you actually hear it. I mean, if, if, if it's probably going to be a short-lived thing. It's probably not going to be played for years. Like, uh, it's not going to be the new theme like the post office has Fly Like an Eagle as the theme, you know. Uh-huh. I, I'm just worried about an association for some people with that. Every time you hear help, you'll think google that's what i'm worried about but it's a wonderful opportunity for maybe young people who aren't familiar with the beatles songs to get introduced and that's another you know that's the positive side of it so yeah in most cases when songs are used in commercials over the years years later i don't remember what the product was you know it doesn't stick out in my mind what you said about good vibrations and sunkist is one of the few exceptions where i'll remember <laughs> when i hear good Let's vibrations I'll think of that, but uh, yeah. Also, Julian Lennon is making bookstore appearances. Actually, he's doing one tonight. It's probably wrapped up by now at the Barnes & Noble in Union Square in New York City. He's promoting his new children's book called Love the Earth, which is the third in a trilogy of books aimed at teaching children about preserving the environment and the ecology. And he will also be making an in-store appearance at bookends in Ridgewood, New Jersey tomorrow at 6 p.m. Also at the Barnes & Noble on Grove Street in Los Angeles on April the 30th at 7 p.m. And you might want to jot this down, Julian is scheduled to be on The View tomorrow morning. Okay, Julian on The View. Um, A new book is coming out called Tell Me What You See, The Ultimate Guide to John, Paul, George, and Ringo on TV and Video. Mm. It's by Peter Chexfield. Amazon lists that the book includes every appearance from the Beatles' performance of Some Other Guy at the Cavern in 1962 to Paul's new video for Who Cares in December of 2018. This book is a listing of every known TV performance, promotional video, and live telecast from the Beatles' group and solo careers. It also includes chart positions, band lineups, anecdotes, and more. Does that say UK and US, or is it one or the other? Does is there any information on that? Um, I believe it's US. Okay, I could double check as we're doing the show, but I think the book is out already. Actually, okay, I'll look it up. Don't worry about it. Okay. Also, uh, one last thing: an upright piano that John Lennon used to compose some of the songs for the Sgt. Pepper album has been sold at an auction for seven hundred eighteen thousand dollars to Jim Ursay who is the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. And he's a noted Beatle maniac and memorabilia collector. John gave this piano to a friend, but first he had a plaque affixed to it, which read, on this piano was written, a day in the life, Lucy in the sky with diamonds, good morning. Doesn't say good morning, good morning. I guess that was John, John's doing. Being for the benefit of Mr. Kite and many others, John Lennon, 1971. 
Ursay also owns a 1963 drum kit that Ringo used on the Beatles' early hits. All right. Cool. That's it for news, unless you guys have anything you want to add. Well, Tom, I see you're, you're excited about the McGear release. I see oh, yeah. that. <laughs> you're, you're psyched about that. I certainly am. I certainly am. I pre-ordered the vinyl. Um, so you can get the vinyl or you can get the CD, and then the first 100 people to get the vinyl or a CD, you can get it to where it comes with a, a autograph postcard. So I ended up getting the autograph uh, postcard with the vinyl. Um, the CD one sold out within minutes, apparently. So um, yeah, looking forward to the release in June. Yeah, lots of outtakes. Yes, yes, absolutely. On this. It's, uh Two CDs and one DVD. Yeah, interviews okay. and a promotional video uh, for Leave It, I believe the name, the title of the song is. Yeah, Leave It was the first single from the album. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, end of June yeah. for that. All right, so our main topic, as I said, is the humorous side of George Harrison. And that's throughout his entire career, Beatles solo, uh, as uh, we've witnessed it in song, perhaps in his videos, interviews, whatever we want to talk about. And um, George really was a, a pretty fascinating person. And I know that um, I've said on the show that there were many sides to George. It was a very serious side to him. And then there was a very comical side of him that really had a strange, dark, wicked sense of humor at times. <laughs> and um, Yeah, that's, that's one of the many things that we love about him. And even if you yeah. go back to the Beatle days, I point out a few um Beatles songs where lyrically it showed his sense of humor even though he was mixing uh either serious or social commentary with something funny like in Taxman mm. let me tell you how it will be there's one for you 19 for me mm. I mean even when he talks about the song when he talked about the song he would laugh about that particular line so it shows that he's using right. a sense of humor to talk about something serious like that um, as well as um, only a Northern song, you know, he's making fun of Northern songs. <clears throat> and the recordings that the Beatles are, are making in the process, Savoy Truffle, you know, is also kind of funny because until George told us it was about Eric Clapton and his sweet tooth, yeah. we didn't really know about that. But it makes a lot of sense, you know, when he's talking about uh, you'll have to have them all pulled out his teeth yeah. after the Savoy <laughs> Truffle. So, you know, even in the Beatle days, he mixed humor into his lyrics. So why don't we go around and uh, let's just talk about in song, you know, what you, you, you have found in George's career to be his funniest moments. Um, how about you, Joe? We'll start with you. Name a few songs. Well, uh, let me see. Uh, stuff that's obvious, like it, solo, especially uh, a Cracker Box Palace. Mm -hmm. There's a wonderful sense of humor, and the video, of course, is hilarious. I love watching it. And also from the same album, 33 to 3rd, we have this song. It takes a humorous uh, stab, if you will, at what he went through with the My Sweet Lord uh, court case and everything. That's that's a lot of fun. That's one of his most fun videos. I think I like the video better than the song, actually, believe it or not. I mean... Uh, and I mean, I could I could name all of them. I don't want to leave anybody else without any. But I was thinking of like stuff like cockamamie business, which you don't get yeah, to hear yeah. that often. Like yeah. you, you know, mm -hmm. you're listening to uh, the Best of Dark Horse uh, album compilation, and uh, 
that's got a lot of funny things talking about his nervous system. This is one of fa- you know favorite expression of his. How he gave his nervous system and right. all that, and uh, it's some funny lyrics there. Ed Sullivan uh, show and stuff like that. Uh, that's a few that came to mind. Uh, I'll mention one more, if I may. Um, I was thinking of Soft-Hearted Hannah from the self-titled George Harrison album. Mm-hmm. That is such a fun, delightful song to listen to. And I like how the end of it gets all, like, drunken-sounding, and it gets wavery and changes. And I, I'll never forget, I had the cassette tape once uh, when it first came out, and it said something about the the end of Soft-Hearted Hannah is deliberate. It said yeah. it on there so that you knew it wasn't an error. Well, nothing wrong with your tape on spooling or anything. Right. So those are what came to mind it, pretty quick. It was like a speed adjustment to the song. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. I love the fact yeah. you have to mention this song. And what I love about that particular song, among many things, is that maybe some fans are not aware that the publishing company that was suing George was called Bright Publishing. And in the lyrics, George sings, this tune has nothing bright about it. So I didn't, you know, I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, he stuck that in there. And I happen to have noted since um, you mentioned cockamamie business and the nervous system line, that's that's a funny line right there. He actually says, there are too many things stressing out the nervous system. Girls you used to know, fellas that may have kissed them. Some got rabies, some got fleas, some got incurable diseases from this cockamamie business. And uh, just, I love his sense of humor there. And just the fact that he used the word cockamamie. I mean, yeah, right. that's actually, it you know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a Yiddish word and it just means crazy, something that makes no sense. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm sure there's a lot of people who, who bought the best of, of Dark Horse, heard that song, didn't know what cockamamie meant. <laughs> but George evidently did. But uh, just the fact that he used that line, uh, used that yeah. word. The word it. Yeah. Uh, Kit, how about mentioning a few songs? Well, I, first, I I just want to mention. I I think you know as I've been as I went through these songs, I was thinking you know his humor kind of falls into two general, very general categories, which are you know the absurdist kind of humor where it's wordplay, you know, kind of like John. I mean, like John Lennon. I mean, he he loved that too. Mm. Um, and as you mentioned, this mm. this sort of black humor, this dark humor, um, satire, whatever, you know, really kind of, you know, some nasty digs <laughs> in it. Right. And, you know, I, I just think it's it's interesting. Plus, remember, you know, who one of George's uh, heroes was, was George Formby. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and um, I've, you know, I gave a presentation on this a couple of years ago and, and all about the influence of British Music Hall, you know, George Formby was a music hall performer and would write these songs that were kind of, you know, a lot of wordplay, you know, kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of stuff. Um, But it had, you know, clearly an impact on George's songwriting. So, you know, a couple of examples and a few of our viewers have mentioned this uh, already. uh, His name is Legs. I would say that's absurd, the absurdist part. Uh, By the way, I'm trying to decide which one of you I'm going to nickname the king of la-di-da. I, I, I think I, one of you needs to be, you know, I'm the Sun Queen or the Queen of Beauty. I like the song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Ringo's so, song. Yeah, right. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, just 
really absurdist and almost, uh, you know, I know it's about the, the drummer of the Bonzo Dog Doodah band, but it's, it's also, he clearly had so much fun with, with wordplay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. as I said, you've got the, um, you know, nastier side, even um, something like Not Guilty. Um, which is very pointed, but I mean, the lines, not guilty for looking like a freak, making friends with every seek. I mean, I just thought, you know, I mean, he he puts in lines like that or blood from a clone, which is of course, you know, pretty, you know, was a shot at his record company who said he wasn't making, you know, songs that were commercial enough. I mean, just great lyrics there. You know, they say they like it now, but in the market, it may not go as, uh, may not go well as it's too laid back. You need some um papa nothing like Frank Zappa. (laughs) Zappa. And uh, Uh, New Wave, they don't play that crap. I mean, really funny, but the venom is right there, you know. (laughs) he's, He's really angry, but he kind of, you know, in a way diffuses it with humor. So, I just think that's the just fascinating, you know, elements of, of his humor, these these two, this this absurdist, silly, and then this this dark, you know, dark side. It's a, it's a okay. certain skill to be able to blend those two together, you know, and George does it so well. And as we're going to discuss maybe in some other songs, there's some other ones we can point out in mm-hmm. that category. Tom, how about you? Yeah, um, you know, all good picks by all of you. Uh, you know, I'm kind of glad I we're not picking the same songs here or whatever. But uh, but um, song, you know, Miss Odell, uh, for one. Um, I just love you know him cracking up, you know, in in the in the middle of the song. Um, and I know, what was that all about? I mean, is he just having a good time in the studio or just forgetting the lyrics? Um, um, and then, you know, with the sense of humor there or, or making a dig, then, you, you know, he, he puts, you know, Paul's phone number at the end of the song, you know, uh-huh. uh, you know, one of my favorite parts of, uh, of that song, um, you know, Wreck of the Hesperus is another one that's kind of, you know, humorous, you know, is talking about, you know, himself and, you know, and, he, and, he, and he's okay, you know, he's, he's getting through, you know, uh, I like, you know, the line getting old is my mother, you know, it's one of the lines that I like, you know, in that song. Um, you know, another one, um, uh, Sue Me, Sue You Blues. Um, right, right. Yeah, the, the very first, uh, the very first verse, you know, you serve me and I'll serve you, you know, swing your partners, all get screwed. I'll bring mine and get together and we'll all have a bad time, you know, bring your lawyer and I'll bring mine, you know, and yeah, it's going to be a bad time. So, uh-huh. uh, you know, another, another funny one in, in the song, so many different, you know, blood from a clone, like you said, kid, uh, you know, just, you know, beating your head against a brick wall. I mean, I'm sure it's just out of frustration, you know, with him. And, and it's comical. I mean, you think about him, you know, in these situations, and it's 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 very comical. I agree. You know, know, one of my favorite lines, if I may, just for a minute, that just popped into my head. I don't want to forget it. And when Kit was, you know, talking about, you know, sometimes the sarcasm and the nastiness, I love the line uh, when he sings in uh, this guitar, can't keep from crying. When he says, uh, "Yeah," what do you say? Let, learn to get up when I fall. Uh, can't even climb rolling stone walls, like uh, oh, the meeting the the newspaper. Yeah, or, uh, you know, while you create and, and make a fence, I well, you know bring it down to your arrogance. You know, another one too that I. Uh, well, that was an attack on Rolling Stone because yeah, of yeah. Uh, the way that they reviewed his Dark Horse tour, mm. which you know he didn't take too kindly to that. He right. was affected by that a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, sometimes you don't know if George is being nasty or if there's this little, this thing in him where you know 
he puts a twist on it yeah, so that you know nasty, it's still funny you know? <laughs> yeah but that's like i said there's a certain talent that comes with mixing those two together I was well, going to bring up it's like like something. I'm, I'm sorry, can interrupt, but but um, you know something like going back to the Beatles, you know, like Piggies, uh, yeah. where he's you know obviously that was that was political satire, but he did it in a way that he was delivering a message, but he was doing you know was kind of funny. I mean, it was um, I mean the the images of these you know I love the you know leading Piggy lives and you know I mean, it, it just you know I think he knew how to you know sort of couch a, a instead of just preaching at us. You know, right. he could have written a song saying, you know, down with politicians and you know all that. But but instead, you know, he, he uses this humor to kind of make the message more palatable. Perhaps he was so good at that. Right. Clutching forks and knives to eat their bacon. Yep. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yep. Um, I wonder what you guys think and all of our viewers of um, George's take on Bye Bye Love. Oh yeah. yeah, the Everly Brothers song because at the time uh, he was breaking up with Patty Boyd, mm -hmm. and Patty was going with Eric, his best friend, and so um, George had added his own lyrics to the song. It was his own arrangement to it, and one of the verses reads, "There goes our lady with yep. a you know who. I mm -hmm. hope she's happy and old Clapper too. Yeah. We've had good rhythm and a little slide." <laughs> then she stepped in, did me a favor. I threw them both out. So when you hear that, are you saying, "Wow, <laughs> is he showing big?" He seemed okay with more, this. <laughs> oh, is wow. he, well, you know what George said at the time. I'd rather that she was with him than some jerk. Yeah, you know, that's what he would say to the media. But he's also human, you know, mm -hmm. and he does have yeah. feelings. So uh, I'm wondering if he was bitter. If this shows bitterness. Or oh, if yes. he's having fun with it. Yeah, I, I think so. I think there's some bitterness and some sense of humor in his own life as well. I mean, he's able to, you know, turn it around on himself. And, you know, the fact that he's able to write about it and rather just, you know, push it away, I, I, I think that's great. I mean, get it out, you know, whether it's, you know, humorous. I think the or, song does sound bitter. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the first, I remember the first time I got that record and heard it, is the first thought, oh, how great. You know, he's covering Bye Bye Love. What a, what a wonderful, you know. And then you hear it. It's like, whoa. That's, that's not, not Bye Bye Love. That's not Bye Bye Love. What is it? Yeah. So, uh, and and our uh, viewer, John Hockley, said he likes it better than the Everly Brothers version. Oh. Yeah. It, it um, you know, to me, I mean, it was, I, I agree. I think it's a bit of both. I mean, just like I was saying earlier, you know, he could couch these, these messages in, you know, with humor. So, I mean, I'm sure there was bitterness there, but he wrote it in a way that, um, I don't know, it's between laughing and saying, ouch. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> he, he was very good at that, too. Yeah. And I always love that version. I got to mm -hmm. be honest. It's so completely different than what the Everly mm -hmm. Brothers did. You know, not just the fact that he added his own verses to it. It had a completely different message there. Mm -hmm. But the whole arrangement was so different than right. what Phil and Don did. That was really his own take on it. Um, I want to bring up the song Grease because, um, you know, for years, I never knew what the words were. And if you own the album of Gon Trapo, it just said instrumental, it didn't have the words at all. And um, I was looking at it and I was very uh, much anticipating the new I Me Mine book 
when it came out because it updated Georgia songs past 1979 so I could see the lyrics and Greece was not in there. But I happened to have gone online and Googled this and lo and behold, I only now have discovered the lyrics of Greece. Oh, um, well, there's a few humorous lines in here. Uh, I'll read it to you. You go to Slavia instead of Yugoslavia. You go to Slavia, half past Armenia, down and towards the Med. Left side of Turkey, nowhere near Fiji, Fiji, you will find Greece. Then there's Yume Athena, handed on Plato, hole in my sock, Crates. Instead of hole in my sock. I came Acropolis on Monte Pythagoras, Ulysses, Greece. <laughs> it's weird but i love it you know like hole in my it could be hole in my sock you know hole in my socrates you know i knew that he was saying monty pythagoras mm. you know and i knew he was saying socrates and plato but i didn't know the rest of the words there and i always thought he said you will find greece but it's ulysses greece so it's kind of bizarre but throwing all these combinations of words having some fun with them yeah. Well, and again, I think, um, you know, very, in a way, very much like, uh, like John. I mean, right. you know, he, uh, he, there was nothing he loved more, as we all know, than, than wordplay. I mean, not just in his songs, you know, read his books. Um, right. And, and so, you know, clearly George had that, that's, but again, you know, they kind of grew up in that, that same kind of British humor and, uh, and part of it was having fun with language uh, and, uh, you know, George, George certainly did, but I'm very, see, this is one of the reasons I'm glad, you know, I'm doing this show, because now I finally know the lyrics. So, <laughs> all these years. Yeah. Well, I didn't, know. I didn't know until I just looked it up. I didn't yeah. think it would be online. You That's know. cool. Although I never, I never looked for the songbook, mm. the sheet music for it. It probably would be in there, but I should have done that. Yeah. Um, Anybody want to mention more songs? I have a few more listed here. I listed a few. I think you covered all the ones I had here. <laughs> when I We like Was it. Fab, of course. Oh, I was just going to mention that. Yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> full, of, full of humor, and uh, we know the lyrics of that. Um, and I don't know. I'm thinking also of, I guess we go on to that a little later, right, about other things kind of stemming from like the, some of the music videos and what he did in the video when we was fab, you know, having Ringo is always good for a laugh, carrying mm -hmm. that piano or organ, whatever he was carrying, the, out one screen, coming back the other end, right, carrying right. it again. Funny stuff in there. And him getting into the Sergeant Pepper suit, which he did in the Ding Dong Ding Dong video, right? right. He put the Sergeant Pepper suit on for a moment. Um, that's he was also naked in there. That's good. <laughs> he was also yeah. naked in there for a split second. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also wanted to mention cheer down, mm -hmm. which is a great phrase to use instead of cheer up. And there's some, uh, you know, clever lyrics in that song. I love when your teeth drop out, you'll get by even without taking a bite. You know, um, good stuff there. And I do love cockamamie business, like you said. Wreck of the Hesperus I wrote down. And George, when, the, when um, Cloud Nine came out, he talked about the wreck of the Hesperus and he said that um, sometimes he would come from school and he would be a mess. His hair would be a mess. 
you know, and uh, his mother would say to him, oh, look at you. You look like the wreck of the Hesperus. <laughs> so I guess that phrase stuck with him. So, um, you know, whenever I hear that song, that that image is planted in my head of his mother saying that. <laughs> That's where so, he, he got the, that line from Piggies from mom, too, right? What they uh, needs a damn good whacking. I heard he got that from mom. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Speaking oh, of mom's right. influence. Yeah. Um, got my mind set on you. While it wasn't necessarily a funny song, um, the video, the most popular video for the song, had him playing guitar in this den or this library, and the room would shake, and there would be birds who would be hopping up and down and everything. But I always think of it sort of as a funny song, only because in the video, there's a moment when he does a somersault and you know it's not george right you know and it's it's so obvious that it's not george and they make it so that <laughs> it's not him and that's such I a knew somebody at the time who thought it really was george no. it really did i knew a guy I said no it's not george it's obvious it's not oh he's so talented right. <laughs> <laughs> you can do backflips too oh, amazing sometimes the video is really you know, you it brings another. Uh, you know, it shows more of a sense of humor from George, even if the song may not be funny. I mean, "Blow Away" I wrote down because it's probably the cheapest video that uh, that George ever made. Because you see him riding a, a plastic uh, toy duck. You know, it's like you know George has said that he loves making music, but he doesn't necessarily like to promote his music and sometimes when he does these things he's forced to do it this looks like a forced video <laughs> you know you well, have to have something for blow away but i i laugh when i think about that yeah i mean actually when you brought up um got my mind set on you that's to me what made that video hilarious because it was clear and i'm not talking about the pinball machine one of course right. um but the other one um you know he clearly didn't want to be there and there's even a, a moment where he kind of looks off camera like somebody must have been making fun of him off camera or something about it and he's just looking kind of rolling his eyes and you know and then as you said when the when the guy does the backflip they don't bother to hide that it's not him um i mean you know it, it's wonder <laughs> i mean it's just it's it's wonderful and it does sort of play on that that you know this is just not you know not his thing but i think that's great that he they made a joke out of it the whole video right and it was really a good fun video overall. it was okay any more songs you want to bring up um i want to bring up the traveling wilburys because yes. apparently, oh of course you know Wilburys. there was definitely a great sense of humor in that band uh you want to yeah. talk about that tom Sure. Yeah, you know, um, the song I was playing not too long ago, She's My Baby. Um, love that one, especially Dylan's last line, you know. She can ride a boat. She can even make it float. She likes to stick her tongue, you know, right down my throat. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> That's great. Dirty, but, you know, you know, whoever wrote that line, you know, right on. Uh, you know, <laughs> and it was job. the way um, Dylan delivered it. <laughs> Yeah, that, that voice. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> you do that well, Joe. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I imitate. I do imitations too. you know, obviously, the, you know, Wilbury twist that video of that. Yeah. That was fun too. God, it's, it's that fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, what I found interesting is that there are certain songs like Inside Out. Yeah. yeah. Which is really a serious topic. It's about pollution. 
It's how we're endangering the environment. And most of the lyrics are all about that. And then they stick in, don't it make you want to twist and shout when you're inside out? So they lighten things up in the song by doing that. So it's not 100% serious. So I found that interesting. You know, even though they're a fun group and it's all about having fun in the Traveling Wilburys, it's usually very lighthearted. They do tackle serious subjects. Mm-hmm. The Devil's Been Busy is, is the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, Wilbury Twist is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I love you hop around the room in your underwear and put your teeth oh, in a glass. Yeah, fall on your ass. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> to hear George say, your, your body like a screw. <laughs> <laughs> Spin it like a screw, <laughs> not like a top. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, but exactly. The first time I heard that, and I, I heard George deliver that like "fall on your ass," I'm like, "This is great." I love <laughs> that's, right, that's right. That's a good one. Good one to point out. Yeah, I said that's George saying that line. Mm-hmm. All on your ass. I think, song, yeah, that's right. wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, and, and somebody mentioned uh, earlier, and I apologize, I, I didn't get uh, uh, who said this, but, um, you know, they were saying, uh, ha- you know, Handle With Care has a couple of, you know, sort of amusing lines in it. And, you know, I mean, it's not, and this is another part of his humor, I think some of it is not exactly, you know, laugh out loud, you know, slapstick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just you know, it's clever. It just, you know, somebody else mentioned the, the great lyric in Cracker Box Palace. You know, I was so young when I was born. I mean, yeah, right. I, that, that's one of my favorite opening lines of any George song. I just, that just grabs you immediately. Like what? You know, I mean, that's what your first reaction was like, yeah. Wait a but, it's, but it's, you know, it's funny and, and it, um, you know, really it introduces you to the kind of absurdity of, of the song. So, right. And that's another classic example of a very funny video and so well done. And Eric Idle, I believe, uh, directed that video. But just to see all the different characters around George's estate, you know, it's just uh, really funny. Very well done there. And um, the whole story about that song uh, was that uh, George had met uh, Lord Buckley's manager, the comedian Lord Buckley. And evidently George is a fan of Lord Buckley, who at the time I think had passed away, maybe, I have to check on that. But um, his manager invited George to Lord Buckley's house, which was mm-hmm. called Cracker Box Palace. Mm-hmm. So George heard that, that those two words and thought that'd be a great title for a song. And sometimes you just associate the song with George's mansion, you know, his estate. But it really came from Lord Buckley. Mm. Yeah. And well, and even, you know, along those lines, the ballad of Sir Frankie Crisp, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, of course, had to do with uh, the owner of Friar Park. And I'm, I'm trying to I'm scrolling down. By the way, Ken Womack, if you're watching this, I put my notes on uh, on this iPad this time. <laughs> so see how, how neatly they're typed. Um <laughs> But uh, but anyway, um, there was a wonderful line in that. Yeah, here it is. Okay. Uh, Let it roll across the floor through the hall and out the door to the fountain of perpetual mirth. That's <laughs> that's wonderful. Um, I, I just think that's that's such a, you know, great again, just sort of an amusing line that's introducing you to this, you know, welcoming you to this other world, you know, of, of the of fantasy. And, you know, it's just uh, great stuff. 
Yeah, well, George used a lot of uh, Frankie Crisp's sayings, mm -hmm. which were written on the walls of the home that he bought there, the estate, like the answers at the end was taken from something that Sir Frankie Crisp had written, you know, the whole first verse, scan not a friend with a microscopic glass, all that came from Sir Frankie Crisp. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, let's talk about um, his love for Monty Python. And what a big part that played in his life, kid. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's funny when um, I talk to people who saw the concert for George, and most people when they saw it, you know, knew why the pythons were there. But I knew some people who were just, you know, horrified. <laughs> you know, how could they? Have, how could they have had the you know the lumberjack song and all that? You know, it it was perfect for him because. You know, I, I can see why he would have been attracted to Python because it again it had that absurdist, you know, kind of humor to it, and of course um, the uh, Eric Idle directed it was uh, this song. I think he directed the this song video. Hmm. Um, okay. Then I'm trying to remember if uh, the, any of them directed Cracker Box Palace. If, no, uh, I think Eric Idle did. So he had directed Idol. that too. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And so you know, and they they work with the songs. Um, and and so I think you know there was a nice. It, it was a you know an, a, a nice um, collaboration, um, you know to to have, and then of course you have the Ruddles, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in just a second, um, <laughs> and um, you know so and and then of course producing Life of Brian, and uh, you know he just uh, but again I think you can see as we're talking about these songs why he loved them so much because they were the same the same mind I think, right, okay, mm -hmm. uh, Joe. You want to add to that? Well, I mean, I was thinking of uh, the clip that I'm sure we've all seen when he, uh, is it the Rutland clip where he comes down, they start playing the music to My Sweet Lord, and you think he's going to go into singing a serious version of My Sweet Lord, and he winds up doing the pirate song. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> I guess what, because of, again, the lawsuit, I suppose, you know, poking fun at that. Uh, that's always a favorite little clip that he did. And in addition to, you know, the Ruddles, you're saying, because George actually was willing to appear in there and poke fun at the Beatles mm. as a reporter, which was good. Uh, he also was in the Agna Rats special that Ringo did. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and he has a little part at the beginning as a. Again, I guess he's kind of like giving the news again, news reporter, something like that. Which you don't get to see that often, but I, I remember that. And uh, I, that's it as far as uh, I can think of as far as that relation to comedy with uh, Python and things like that. Uh, I have some quotes. I'm waiting to get to some quotes from George, but I'm saving them for later. That's general <laughs> quotes. Okay. You want to end the show with a big bang, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you want, <laughs> Tom, how about your thoughts? Yeah, you know you, the, the the Python thing. You know, throughout the seventies, um, you know, you mentioned the you know the the Ringo special. You know, what was the first thing he said in that in that in that the, when he's on? He says it has to be. The, it must have been the trousers. Which you know, where did that come from? That came <laughs> right, from right. You know, so um, you know, I think and he says shocked and stunned too. Excuse me, I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> he does that a lot too. So did that with uh, in the uh, interview that he did with Ringo, where they were talking about um, you know uh, when when um, when uh, George uh, sued Ringo for the song "I'll Always Love You," and they were talking about how 
you know, he didn't really care for the way the mix, how the mix was. And they had a good laugh about that, you know, and Ringo says, you know, go ahead and sue me, but I'll always love you. <laughs> so, yeah. I thought that was, that was a good time too. But yeah, the, the, yeah. the Ruttles and, and seeing him, you know, being the TV interviewer, you know, interviewing Michael Palin and they're talking about how they're, you know, they're going to stop, you know, with all the theft going on. And then, you know, he's interviewing and all these things are coming out of, you know, you know, the, the Ruttles floor building, you know, mm. like just, you know, nonstop, you know, and uh, then interviewing his buddy, Ron, uh, Ronnie Wood, too, um, in another segment, you know, which was really good. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, you can tell that there's a really strong friendship between him and, and Eric Idle, and, and you can tell by, you know, all their work that they've done together, and, uh, you know, that's produced a lot of comical moments. Yeah. Well, I like to bring up upon occasion that the Beatles were big fans of the Goons, Mm-hmm. And um, that was a comedy troupe that was wacky for its time. And if you ever tried to listen to any of their comedy, it's a little far out there. I mean, the first time that I heard uh, or watched Monty Python, it was way above my head. I had to get used to it. It's probably the same thing with the goons. But I like to think of it all as being one big family, the goons, right. the Beatles, yeah. and Monty Python. And because, um, you know, they were all influenced by each other. I mean, the Beatles are influenced by the goons. I like to think that Monty Python was influenced by the Beatles. Right. There's some things that I've seen, you know, in some of their movies where I'll think, oh, this reminds me of from Magical Mystery Tour, what the Beatles did here. So, you know, uh, definitely there is this love there, and I can understand why George loves Monty Python. Mm-hmm. Very, very absurd, like you said, Kit, sense of humor there. And George loved absurdity. He loved really wacky sense of humor, over the top stuff, and um, just the fact that he he helped Life of Brian survive and and bring right. it bring it to life. You know that was going to be the film company that originally were, was going to put it out backed out on it. So he saved that film. Yeah. And, and then he even said, "What's that?" And appeared in it. Yep, for a few seconds. Yeah. He did an Alfred Hitchcock in there. Yep. You know, you had to look for him. It's like his little cameo there. But, um, yeah, and I know that Monty Python's always been very grateful to George for that reason. But uh, if you love a life of Brian, be grateful to George for, you know, helping to finance it. You know, talking about films, uh, a viewer said earlier, Matthew Smith, um, he pointed out that, you know, George had one of the funniest scenes in Hard Day's Night. And, the, mm-hmm. you know, it's always an actor you know, I mean, he didn't think he was an actor, I don't think. I mean, I, you know, but I agree that, uh, you know, that was that was one of my favorite parts, too. I mean, he was a natural um, in, in yeah. the Oh, my God, he's a natural. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't plan that, I swear. Um, and, uh, you know, and I mean, it just showed he had really, you know, such a great sense of humor. And he was able to, you know, do that scene and, and uh you know, it's hysterical. That's that's one of my. And had that slightly nasty vibe to to him that we like. Exactly. Too. <laughs> I kind of felt that John and George were the most natural on camera. Oh, definitely. even though Ringo loved to do the acting the most. Ringo too. But I think that John and George could have had some future in acting if they wanted to take it seriously, but they didn't. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But the Ruddles really was was so phenomenal. The way the whole thing was done. And I always remember George saying that whenever people try to present the story of the Beatles, the one thing they miss is the sense of humor. And it was so brilliant, parody after parody, 
you know, in, in the Ruddle story and how it was done and the music from Neil Innes in particular, you know, it's, it was a work of genius. And, um, you know, I think it was over the heads of some fans who didn't know the full story of the Beatles, but for those who knew it inside and out, they got all the in-jokes and, um, you know, Ruddles was, was amazing. And again, George supported that too. Yeah. And he was yeah. a good sport to appear in it. I mean, you know, in that scene of, you uh -huh. know, spiriting Apple, uh, you know, collapsing and people taking, I mean, you know, like I remembered when I first saw that, I'm like, that, that, he is a good sport to, <laughs> to yeah. do that scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the one thing that, that's helped him survive through the years with all the tragedies that have happened in Beatle history is to have a sense of humor and look at it with some, some degree of humor. Mm -hmm. Um, one other appearance that I'd like to bring up, which I think is so historic, was when George was on Saturday Night Live. Yep. Which I still think, you combine George with Paul Simon, could be the best show they ever did. <laughs> and um, a scene that I think that really showed his sense of humor, you know, uh -huh. as he's you know yeah. trying to collect the three thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. So, and he which was is so a bit yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he just said it so naturally and so deadpan. It just worked so well. Right. And then the fact that he took the the offer from Lauren to introduce the show right. live For from New York. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So uh, that was great. It was such a fine moment in the history of, of that show. And they've had so many of them, especially mm -hmm. with different members of the Beatles. But right. between that and Paul Simon and Paul coming out with the turkey outfit. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Singing a little crazy Kirk? after all these years. Yeah. <laughs> they There's a good chance that people are going to laugh at him. <laughs> now he said, to, he said to Lauren Michaels, Lauren, I have some grave doubts about this opening sketch. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a good actor. Talking about good actors, I thought Paul Simon is a, was always a natural to me anyway. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, he was hysterical on on that show, and and uh, and then of course, I mean, this is the the not funny part. The uh, I mean, the, the, I always after hearing them do you know Homeward Bound, I'm mean, like, why didn't they do? And here comes the sun. Why didn't they do an album together? That would that would oh have been god, uh, yeah, they sounded so good together, so natural. Yeah. I mean, between Simon and Garfunkel and and the Beatles, you've got masters of harmony there. And in, yeah. in the case of Paul Simon and George Harrison, two great guitar players together. And I've said that about Paul Simon and Paul McCartney. I wish the two of them, you mm -hmm. know, had worked together seriously. Yeah. You know, who knows if John had lived, would the right. two of them have made a good combination? I don't know. But Paul Simon's one of the greats. No doubt about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, I just wanted to make mention of one thing about Monty Python, because sometimes... In interviews, George has has made references to them, and you either had to know it or you didn't. He would bring up the nudge nudge sketch. There's a sketch from them which is one of my favorites, the Four Yorkshiremen oh, yeah. sketch. Which, uh, for those of you that don't know it, you could always look it up on YouTube. But it's four men on a moonlit night, smoking cigars, drinking uh, wine, and just reflecting on their childhood and what a rough childhood each one of them had. And each guy tries to top the previous guy as to how bad their childhood was. And so, um, you know, like one of them would say, I had to wake up at 10 in the morning or t uh, 10 at night, half an hour before I went to bed, 
work for 29 hours, lick the road, <laughs> you know, come home and my father would slash me with a knife or whatever. And uh, don't, don't, don't quote me on this. It's something, <laughs> it's fairly close to that. That sounded Again, good. There was one interview that George gave where he was talking about the Beatles on the BBC and they'd be doing so many performances and then he'd come, they'd come back and Brian Epstein would, Epstein would slash him with a knife if they were lucky, you know? <laughs> and you either knew the sketch or you didn't. He would just say it, <laughs> you know, in his interviews. So um, it showed his love for Monty Python when he would mix that into conversation in interviews. All right. Anything else you guys want to add about George's sense of humor? Yeah. Oh, sure. I, I have a couple of quotes I'd like, if I may. Oh, I just yeah. was, was uh, thinking of some interviews, some of my favorite quotes that he's done for laughs. Well, one of them was, uh, I think, in 1987 with the Cloud Nine uh, release. And I think it was a Warner interview. And he was asked about you know, who made the first videos or something like that, the music videos. And he says, uh, well, Mick Jagger will probably say that he did. And he said, but he was always a day late and a dollar short, which I thought was funny. You know, his sense of humor. Uh, and, that I, and I just had to mention, I love a bit uh, with the anthology time. is a, a sequence where if, uh, Paul and George are first reuniting for the first time, I guess, in a little while, and they're hugging. And then uh, Paul's wearing a jacket. And, and George says, uh, is that a vegetarian leather jacket? <laughs> that's a sense of humor, you know? <laughs> I thought that was funny. And that's a couple of humorous bits that I always liked from George. Yeah. Wow. Um, I really liked, uh, you know, his appearance on the Dick Cavett show was full of laughs uh, yeah. as well. And, you know, oh, and yeah. I think <laughs> the one that stands out the most is when, you know, Dick Cavett goes, you know, Yoko sat in that chair. And then, you know, he gets up. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. It's uh, that that's pretty comical too. But you know, the, the interviews is is where I really just laugh the loudest, and because he, he was so quick with answers. And you know, a couple of them was um, one is like he's talking about using LSD, and he's talking to the interviewer, and he goes, you know, that's the thing about LSD, you don't need to do it twice. And so the interviewer goes. So you've only done it once? He goes, oh, no, I took it many times. <laughs> only needed it once. <laughs> only needed it once. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, another one, was, I think they're all receiving the MBE, and um, and he's getting, uh, you know, he's saying his thanks, and he's going, you know, it's nice to, it's it's nice getting one each, meaning everybody are getting one each, because, you know, we usually have to, we usually have trouble cutting them into four. <laughs> you know? Oh, right. <laughs> you know? But the, but the one that really I, I get the the biggest kick out of is uh, he was being interviewed about being in the rock getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and then the interviewer went into a completely different question and he started talking about uh, Paul redoing the songs uh, from Give My Guards to Broad Street, and then he was like, well, um, you know, you know, Paul was thinking um, about other songs, including some of John's like Beautiful Boy and Imagine. Uh, does that surprise you? He would do that, and George was like. Maybe because he ran out of good songs of his own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I gotta confess, I have that I've that written down here, but I was afraid to say it. <laughs> so. But the thing is, it's just so quick, you know. With these, especially when it's yeah, like yeah. it's just so quick, you know, natural, you know. So those are some of my favorites. Well, George could yeah, be yeah. blunt. That's another yeah. thing about yeah. him, yeah. you know. And he also knows that he's one of the few people that could be critical of Paul or mm -hmm. the Beatles. What are they going to do to him? Right. You know, only the Beatles can be critical of each other. 
Yeah. And so, you know, Paul is always the diplomat, but if George wants to let him have it, <laughs> yep. he can do that publicly, and he, well, he has. Yeah, and along that line, there's a, there's a thing when Paul was, you know, going around for a while saying, you know, I, I realized that George and I had never written together. That would be nice to do. And then uh, George, I think it, I don't, it wasn't the same interview that, that Tom mentioned. It was another one where he said, well, I've only been in Paul's life for like 30 years. <laughs> and he want, and now he wants to write with me, you know. But he, like you said, he could say that. And, it's, yeah. you know, it doesn't come off as, as harsh as mm -hmm. somebody else if they had said it. And he could, poke, he could poke, oh, I'm just going to say, uh, you know, he could poke fun at himself, too. I mean, I remember when the Beatles were inducted into the Rock and, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it was, you know, as we all know, won't get into it now, but, you know, it was a tense situation, and, and you know, mm. and when he got up there and, and said, well, I don't have much to say because I'm the quiet Beatle, you know, uh, I mean, it, it, the whole crowd just, just like, yeah, as he right. said, so deadpan, and, right. um, you know, and it really, I think, diffused some of the the tension <laughs> that was going on, particularly on on the stage. And uh, you know, and as I said, it showed he can, you know, he could poke fun at himself too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he also said it's a shame that Paul's not here because he had the speech in his pocket. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But you know that That's interview that that you brought up, Tom, where yeah. George said that about Paul. I'm pretty sure because George gave a lot of interviews at the time of Cloud Nine, and there was an interview he gave to what was the Canadian equivalent of MTV. Uh, and the person who interviewed him was this really young guy, and you could tell yeah. he was so infatuated with, hey, I'm interviewing a Beatle here, and you know. Right, right. And um, when George said that, you know, maybe he doesn't have some good songs of his own or whatever, the guy was like, uh, we got what that. Are, what, are I, what are I Did he really yeah. say that? <laughs> it, it's it's funny to watch because yeah yeah, yeah. well we got to chuckle out of that. If I can do one more real quick, um, sure. This is about uh, them being if they were millionaires yet during their you know early Beatle days, and it's it's with him and John mostly, but you know the interviewer is going. Um, uh, you know, are you individually millionaires yet? And John goes, uh, no, that's just a rumor. And then he goes, is Brian a millionaire? And John goes, uh, no, even even he's not, poor fellow. And then uh, and then the interviewer goes, well, where does the money go? And John goes, well, a lot of it goes to Her Majesty. And then George, right off the bat, goes, she's a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> that was an incredible thing about them, how natural they were at bouncing yeah. off of each other and very quick. You know, yeah, all of them were quick, yeah, yeah, at various times. Sometimes Paul had something very witty to say, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. it could come from either one of them. Yeah, the, all the right, Pan, the Pan Am interview when they're all up there, and you know, the one guy goes, You know, when you when's when you guys gonna get a haircut? And George was, You know, mm -hmm. I had one yesterday, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, that's not scripted, that just happened naturally, yeah. it's amazing. Absolutely. So uh, I think that puts a wrap on this topic. Why don't we give all the folks information about us and what we've got going on? Ken, mm -hmm. how about you? We'll start with you. Well, as uh, Ken mentioned earlier, uh, my latest Bottomless Soul show is on this very night uh, at 11.30 Eastern. And it's a, uh, and you'll all like it because it's a spotlighting soul artists that the Beatles covered. Um, and ones, and, and not like the Marvelettes, I focused on some lesser known ones. So, uh, you know, so go check that out. Or you can go to my uh, Facebook page. I've got the link 
there. Um, and uh, also, uh, Beatles coming back this week. Uh, and uh, also, Deep Soul is up. And uh, and I will be doing my own Facebook Live show uh, this Thursday, the uh, was it, 2024th, I think it is, whatever whatever this Thursday is. Mm. <laughs> so I'll be doing a, a live show. So and, yeah, and just check out my Facebook page. You can look me up and you'll see all the all the information there. Okay. How about you, Tom? Yeah, well, uh, you know, real quick, you know, Kit, um, you know, we were discussing about, you know, branding on, you know, Beatles and branding and all that stuff last week as well as this week. But, you know, I was at the grocery store today and I had to get some toiletries. So, but I don't think Sherman heard your warning because, uh, you know, I saw, you know, Beatles on some toilet paper here. So. I sort of got him never going to lift that comment down. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, two legs. Uh, yeah, we just did a show with a special guest. His name is Sam Wiles. He uh, does the podcast Paul or Nothing over there in the uh, across the pond in the UK, and we discussed our, uh, our top ten. Or we what we did was we ranked Paul's number one singles from US and the UK, and it was I believe it was eleven in all. So that's up. That's on Podbean. So you can go to Podbean, type in two legs. You can hear that. We also just recorded a show. Um, also, just talking about other music that we love. I mean, sometimes you, know, you just get a little tired of talking about Paul, so we just, you know, ratted off a bunch of other uh, um, groups that we love uh, to listen to as well. So, but you can reach out to us on our. Uh, you can email us at two legs podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at uh, two legs Paul McCartney podcast. And uh, yeah, we've got some uh, really cool interviews coming up soon, and uh, and that's what's going on. All right. I listened to the show, by the way, with Sam Wiles. Really good. Thank you. Thank you. You know, you know, Sam said something in that show that really got me thinking. Oh, really? <laughs> he actually said, and we'll throw this out to our listeners, mm -hmm. that coming up is the greatest David Burden song <laughs> oh, that the sure. Talking Heads didn't wow. record. <laughs> now, <Sure>. wow. <laughs> Interesting. You know, that kind of makes sense in a way mm -hmm. if you think about it. Oh, huh. Yeah. Let everybody ponder about that till our next show. <laughs> Joe, how about you? Well, you can go over on YouTube and always subscribe to me, and that's Mean Mr. Mayo. Just forget the mustard, hold the mustard, and go heavy on the mayo. And uh, like I say, I'll do a lot of Beatles videos from time to time and other music and other fun stuff. And I do a lot of uh, live streams and chats, so we have a, a lot of raps just talking about Beatles and solo Beatles stuff and going on for an hour or two or more so that would be nice if you were to subscribe very good all right before i give you my information i want to make sure we don't forget this because this is very important kids actually going away for a whole month folks <laughs> she's going to be on vacation and so we're going to be taking a break and the next time that we're going to be doing a show will be the day after <laughs> memorial day no no we're doing the following week we were doing um, the following Monday, I thought. Oh, I thought it was the Tuesday after. Oh, I think I think we decided on the 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 Monday, like the following Monday, like the first Monday. Okay. Okay. All right. Correct me there. So it'll be the first. <laughs> so I better do that. <laughs> the good thing we got this out of the way. I really thought it was the day after. So it'll be. Do we have the date for that? We'll have to uh, look let it me up. check. Hang on. Yeah. So basically, we're third. May off is is the the short version of it. Okay, that will be. Hang on, let me. So uh, it's the first Monday of June. 
Yep, it will be June, uh, June third. Okay. June third. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and that will be Ken will be back with us, Ken Womack. So we hope you join us for that. Um, just want to make a quick mention that on my website, which is KenMichaelsRadio.com, I just did an interview with Dan Richter. Dan was um, John and Yoko's personal assistant during the Imagine period, and he's one of the many people that is interviewed um, in the new documentary, John and Yoko, Above Us Only Sky. And you can find the entire interview on the website. I have a page called Interviews, page four. He was delightful to talk to over an hour of conversation with Dan. I also have tickets to uh, give away to see the Fab Four in concert. Um, one of the premier Beatles tribute bands. They're playing at the NYCB Theater in Westbury, Long Island on May the 3rd and Tarrytown Music Hall in Tarrytown, New York, May the 5th. I have tickets to give away for both those shows. Just go to the website. It's the easiest thing in the world to win. Beatles trivia is on the website every single week. You can win one of nine prizes. Special contests can come at any time on the website. And probably while Kit's away, so we can all keep thinking about Kit, I think we'll be giving away a double shot of her books. You mean the Kiddo Tool Kit? That's true. <laughs> Got the songs you were singing book and the Michael Jackson FAQ book. And I still have a Kiddo Tool tote bag to throw into the mix. Okay? All kit all the time in your home with this Kiddo Tool Kit. And then there's my other Beatles podcast, Things We Said Today with uh, Darren DeVivo and Alan Cozen, which probably will have a new show next week to look out for. That'll be on podbean.com and also on YouTube. Don't know what the topic is, but it's always interesting. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's Ken, about it. Before we go, you have some requests to show everyone your shirt. You've had oh. like five comments, so they want to see your shirt. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is a George Harrison collage that was put together by a great artist by the name of Shannon who lives oh, in New sure. Jersey. Yeah, and she does a lot of great artwork, all types of rock artists, the Beatles, Kiss, Elvis Presley, puts all this artwork on T-shirts, on wine bottles, on mugs, hoodies, all kinds of things. And I got this as a present for my wife years ago. It's one of my favorite shirts to wear. Mm. It's George Harrison through the years. Okay. And she does one on all four on each of the four Beatles. You can get a John shirt, the Paul shirt, a Ringo shirt, kind of like this. Okay. <laughs> so I'm glad you guys liked it. Yep, you got a number of, of comments. And we also want to thank Tom Brennan for our loyal viewer for suggesting doing a show on George's humor. It was a great idea. We had a lot of fun, I think, doing it. Mm -hmm, definitely. Well, there's, there's many sides to each of the four Beatles, and that's what we're going to be exploring here on this show. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and this, oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I just want to say this has been a blast talking yep. about George's, oh, yes. uh, you know, humorous side. Yep. And we yep. want to thank Mean Mr. Mayo for, uh, for oh. us. It was really fun. Uh, the pleasure is mine. Thanks mm -hmm. so much for having me here and sharing the microphone. Mm -hmm. Every now and then, you know, hopefully we'll get you to fill in if one yep. of us can't make it, which is always a possibility. Uh, yes. I'd love <laughs> it. I'd be honored. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, so this has been great for this uh, latest episode of Talk More Talk. I want to thank everybody who's watching right now. And uh, thanks for your support of the show. Tell as many people as you can about Talk More Talk. If they're Beatles fans, especially if they follow the solo careers of the Beatles, as they should, 
then uh, have them watch have them watch this show. Talk more talk. Thanks so much to everybody for watching. Amen. And uh, we will see you next time. Cheer down. <laughs> <laughs>